We've been shaped by stories our entire lives. When we were younger, they were read to us at bedtime. They come from our teachers in class and friends in hallways. We see them in our favorite movies and TV shows. We relate to them, visualize them, and share them. Jesus understood this and chose to teach through stories. We've been shaped by stories our entire lives, but the stories told by Jesus were meant to give us life. His stories were called parables. about parables. Y'all y'all know what a parable is, uh, stories Jesus told to help you understand the kingdom of God. Now, you know, the Pharisees were blinded. They couldn't see it because they were in their own, doing their own thing. And we want to always ask God to open our eyes, to hear the word, to see the word, to understand the word, to teach the word. Amen? Because you've got people in your life that are looking at you and you're teaching them every day by how you live. Last Sunday, we talked about Mark chapter 4, that the sower sows the word. Are you sowing any word? I gave you a book full of promises last Sunday. If you want one, they've got them out at Connect Center. Get that book and start putting the word of God in your life and say it every day. Because once you plant it, then it needs watering. Come on, sometimes it needs pruning. You know, as you start speaking the word of God, God starts leading you and directing you and guiding you. And so we want to speak the Word of God and live the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And so as we look at Mark chapter 4, it's, it's the, I said it's, it needs to be your favorite parable because if you can't understand Mark 4, you can't understand the rest of the parables. That's why I started with that one. So today we're in Matthew chapter 12, and it is a chapter full of parables. It starts with the sower sows the Word, but we're going to ease down. Uh, so if you got your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 12 or get your phone out. In verse, I said 12, verse 13, excuse me, chapter 13. But before we get to uh, and read the scripture, we're going to talk about some things just for a second. In this, in this whole chapter, Jesus says many parables. And he talks about the parable uh, of the tares. Does anybody know what the parable of the tares is? Yeah, where a, a, a sower went into a field and he sowed. He had the ground prepared and he sowed seed. He sowed wheat. And then as he slept, the enemy came. The enemy came and he threw tares and he threw weeds and they both grew up and they recognized. And so Jesus is going down through this and he tells another parable. And finally the disciples say, come on, tell us, tell us the parable of the tares. And so uh, I'm just setting that up. We're going to go ahead and read 1344. She's got it up there. So let's read. And again, the kingdom of heaven is a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The burden on my heart today for you is that you are the treasure. You are a treasure to God. Come on, you belong to him. You're his treasure. We're going to show you some things, how important that is. And so if you've got notes, if you need sermon notes, wave at me or wave at ushers or grab you one. But if you've got sermon notes, number one, the field is the world. And I told the whole story about the tares and the, the wheat, and Jesus went in uh, to, to Matthew uh, 13, 38 and said, the field is the world. 
The field is the world. And after he explained that a little bit, then he goes into this one scripture parable. Man went into a field. He went into the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen, amen. Jesus came to buy you. Matter of fact, he bought the whole world. And every sin in it, he's covered. Every sin in it, he's covered. I'm talking Hitler's sin, Attila the Hun. Anybody you don't like, he's covered their sin and yours too. Kind of changes our perspective because you don't get them, God. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Come on, you're like the sons of thunder. Two disciples said, just, just call fire down on them, Lord. No, no, he loves them. He loves them. And he's given everybody an opportunity in the field, everybody an opportunity in the world. He's given an opportunity for salvation for everybody. Amen, amen. And so guard your heart. Guard your heart. I want three things. You, you can't hide this. You can't hide the gospel. But guess what? The enemy comes and blinds your eyes to it, doesn't he? That's 1 Corinthians 4, 3, if you're taking notes, that Satan comes to blind our eyes from the gospel. But, you know, it can't be hidden. Jesus said, uh, you, can't, you don't buy a lamp and light it and put it under a bushel. This little light of mine. Sorry, I sing a little bit as we go along. Guess what? Your salvation needs to be shining. So it can't be hidden. Number two, just a quick note, write this down. You can't find it. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you. And I said, okay, Lord, give me an example. He said, when you got saved. So I was like, okay, I was about eight or nine years old, fourth grade. Well, I went to vacation Bible school. And I got to thinking, I didn't go to vacation Bible school to hear about Jesus. I went for the cookies and the punch. I went to go hang out with all my friends and play the games. But guess what? The gospel was presented to me, and the Holy Spirit said, you need that. Look, he was, you need that. He sought me out and said, that's what you need. You need that Jesus. You need to know that Jesus. And I was there for the cookies and the punch. And lo and behold, the Holy Spirit started drawing me and said, you need to give your heart to Jesus. And I prayed a prayer, and my heart opened up to the gospel. And you know what? I didn't hide it. I told all my friends, man, I accepted Jesus. I'm getting baptized. And that's what happens when you see the Holy Spirit draws you. Well, in Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He sought you out. I love Isaiah 62.12 says this, For they shall call them a holy people. Say, I'm holy. The redeemed of the Lord. Say, I'm redeemed. And you shall be called sought out. Say, I'm sought out. He chased me down. He did. Sought you out. We don't think about that, but a city not forsaken. The other ones I want you to remember, you can't buy it. You couldn't afford it. This salvation is free. And it's given you because you are a treasure. My goodness, by, by, you know, most of us have an identity crisis in the body of Christ. We can't believe what God says we are or who we are. We, and when I said, say you're holy, everybody started thinking about the sin in their life. 
That's the enemy does that. Your flesh, you're not any good. You're a treasure. You're a treasure. Listen, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God made man in the beginning. Man fell. He got lost. He fell away from God. But God sent Jesus to redeem us back to him. He sought us out. What? Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. For he sought me and he bought me. With his redeeming blood. Yeah, anybody under 30, they don't know what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> but he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. Amen. Come on, there's power in the blood. Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And guess what? You need to be washed in the blood and you start using the name. Because it's not your strength anyway. But glory to God, we are, we are powerful in him. Amen, amen. Number two on your notes. The man is Jesus. God sent Jesus into the world to redeem us. The, if you look in your notes, the, greatest, the greatness of the sacrifice of Jesus is found in what he left and what he became. He was God who became man in the flesh and had to bear under the burdens of the flesh. My goodness, he left heaven for you. Who will go? Jesus said, I will. Was it easy? No. Look at, go and start reading. It started in the garden. When he, after they had the Lord's Supper, they went to the garden and he began to sweat great drops of blood just for you. You were the treasure. And he said, Father, if there's another way. And the Father said, nope. He goes, come on, if there's another way. That's what pressure, pressure makes you question. But I'm going to make some statements. I want you to get your pen out and get ready and write some of these down. Because there's some things you need to remember. But let me read 638. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And Jesus said in the garden, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He took on, he started taking on the stress, uh, the stress of the world. You know, uh, the, the youth are in here. Uh, somebody said, well, they can't pray in school anymore. Every time there's a test, they pray in. Come on, they're praying, and, and, and the youth today are under such stress, but Jesus took that stress. The Bible said he was chastised for our peace in Isaiah 53, and we need to recognize that, but let me stay, make some statements of why Jesus came and why you need to know Jesus came. If you got your pen, write these down. Jesus had to live because he had to die. He had to live because somebody has to die. Remember, about two Sundays ago, we talked about Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they sinned. They ate of the tree. And the first sacrifice for sin was God had to kill two animals to dress them in clothes. He had to cover them. Well, thank God we're not covered by sacrifices anymore. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. We've been clothed in his righteousness. Come on. We put on his right standing with God. Man, that makes me feel good. I'm right with God, not because I'm good, because God is good. Amen, amen. And so he had to live so he could die for us. Jesus had to be tempted to be perfect, to prove that he was perfect. He was tempted in every manner that you were tempted in. Come on, drugs, alcohol, women, men, whatever. He was tempted, but yet he overcame. 
So he had to be tempted. Jesus, the, the third one, Jesus had to be hurt to be un, hurt to be understood. Jesus had to hurt to be under, to understand. Let me get it right. The Bible says that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He has been hurt like you have been hurt. He took on the hurt and the pain, the embarrassment, the shame. He took the beating. He took the, the verbal abuse. Come on, to set you free. He hurt to, to, so he could understand what you're going through. As Hebrews says, we have a great high priest. Come on, and we, he's, he can come to the throne of mercy and obtain mercy. Come on, he's our high priest. Are you going to him? When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you went and obtained mercy? Well, we all need mercy. And we need to obtain mercy. We need to be chasing God's mercy and grace. We need his mercy and grace. Jesus came uh, to die so we could, this is mercy and grace extended. Jesus had to be among us to show us the way. He came to show us the way. In 1 John, it says that he's our example. Well, Jesus is perfect. We can't be perfect. No, but we strive towards that. We strive towards that maturity in God. We strive towards being what God's called us to be. Did you know in Romans it says the whole earth groans and travails for the men and women of God to step into their sonship or daughtership, to step into who they're called to be? You didn't know your yard is waiting on you to step up and be the man of God you're called to be or the woman of God. How about the trees in the back of your house? How about your neighbors are waiting on you to step up and be the, the child of God that you're called to be? Come on, the whole earth groans and travails, it says in Romans 8 chapter, for you to step up and be who you're called to be. Are you stepping up? You know, we talked in Mark 4 last time about what you're feeding on. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you saying? Is what you're feeding on. Da, 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 I'm on a highway. Quit feeding on that. Quit feeding on that. She just started liking cheating song. No, quit feeding on that. Come on, quit feeding on that trash or what this Democrat said or what that Republican said. That's the world system. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get on politics, but I, I'm sick of it. And we need to be sick and tired of being sick and tired and start declaring what God said and who we are and what we're supposed to be. It's time to step up and live the life and declare the Word of God over our lives. And it doesn't matter what goes on. But you know what? Once you get that circle of the grace and the glory of God going, people won't get in there. Let me get next to you. I, there's a lot of people I'd like to be next to because they've got it going on too. And man, it's like I said last Sunday, you eat. The fruit of other people. And other people are eating your fruit. Blankety, blank, blank. Yeah, they want that fruit. They want some goodness and grace and mercy and love and kindness and gentleness, just like you do. And so we have got to, we have to grow that in our lives and quit, well, but Pastor, you don't know. Nope, no, nope, we cleaned that table off. We put the milk up a while ago. Come on, we want to do what God, we want to be who God's called us to be. You're a treasure. Well, I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter. I don't feel like my hair is receding. <laughs> and I don't care. But you don't, we don't walk by what we feel, what we see. We walk by what the Word of God says and who God said we are. 
And God is saying in this parable, you're a treasure. Can you receive that? Okay, okay, well, I'm going to help you in just a little bit more. Just, just give me a few more. You know that Jesus, well, last one, Jesus had to be one of us to represent us. Do you know Jesus had to come as a man to die for men? And he had to be perfect to clean you up. The only one that had the right to judge, even today, is Jesus. And he didn't. Hallelujah. He said, well, they're not good enough. No, he didn't. He said, Father, I'm going to the cross for them, for any of them. And my goodness, you know, you know, as, as horrible and, and as, as terrible as he was, he's on the cross. And, and one of the guys on the cross said, shut up to the other one. This, don't you see who this man is? He said, remember me. It began right there. Remember me. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Ching, there's one. You see, because he died and he laid down his life, we get to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get to live. Every time you think you're struggling, listen to me, Jesus already paid the price for your struggle. Start smiling. Glory, I got the victory. The Bible says we have the victory in Christ Jesus. And, uh, and that 1 Corinthians 15 is all about death, the last thing that's put under. And we got victory over death. Glory. We got victory over everything, and we need to, but we don't act like it. We walk well. You know, I just want to be a little humble. No, you need to start declaring that I'm a treasure. I'm a treasure. You know, in 2 Corinthians 8 9, it says, Jesus became poor that we might be rich. All those things, there it is, for, the, for you know the grace. Come on, there it is, grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. I'm not saying Jesus was poor financially. I'm saying he went, he became a man, which is poverty compared to where he left. Just a little side note, somebody was stealing from his money bag. If there's two coins in there, you're going to recognize, wait a minute, who got that other coin? But when there's 30 in there, you can't tell somebody took one unless you count them. But Jesus never counted the money. He only knew by the Spirit of God. I'm just, just making some things out there. He became poor because he left heaven. So you could go to heaven. Amen? I want to go to heaven. Can't wait. It's a wonderful place. 1 Corinthians 2, 5 and 6. Look what it says. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man. Jesus had to be a man. I know this is a foundation that some of you know, and some of you are just like a, a cow to Newgate wondering, what? Wow. So, hey, he became the mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be tested in due time. Jesus came and sacrificed himself for you. What's your part? To love him. To do what he said. The principle of the treasure is we put God first because he put us first. I'm about to show you some things. And so, so number three is you're the, value, you're the valuable treasure. The valuable treasure is you. Say, that's me. He's talking about me. 
Mm-mm-mm. And we're not got time, we don't have time to read it, but in Deuteronomy chapter 7, if you want to look it up, God calls his people a valuable treasure. You are a valuable treasure. If God tells us something, guess what? He's already there. If God said, love your neighbor as yourself, guess what? God is love. If he commands you to love, he's going to love. If he commands you to forgive, he's going to forgive. If he commands you to have grace and mercy, he's got grace and mercy towards you. Amen? And so, so he's already there. And, and so listen to what it says. Jesus is talking in, in Matthew 6, 21, and it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Listen, people mix it up, and they say where your heart is, that's where your treasure's at. But where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If God commands you to put the right treasure in the right place so your heart will be right, he put his heart in you because you're his treasure. God's heart is towards you. His loving kindness is towards you. His grace and mercy is towards you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a day coming that the grace and mercy is going to be lifted. And yeah, that's the end times and the last of the end times. But guess what? That ain't going to affect us because we have received his grace and mercy. We're going to be, we're going to be riding on those horses with Jesus. Maybe you can't ride, but you're going to learn real quick. Here we go. I mean, and you're not going to get bucked off. I've been bucked off a time or two, but you know what? You're not going to get thrown because you're going to be riding a glory horse. So all that stuff you're worrying about, about the end time stuff, forget it and start living right now, living like God's called you to live. It's time to quit looking out there and start looking in here. Am I living it? Come on. I need this grace and mercy. I'm a treasure. Everybody say, I'm a treasure. Can you believe it? Come on, there we go. Yes. A lot of people have a hard time believing their treasure. Pastor, you don't really know me. I don't care. I don't need to know you. God knows you. And he calls you treasure. He calls you treasure. And he sent Jesus to die for you and to buy the whole world so he could take you and you to be his treasure. We could quit right there, but we're not. We've got another two hours. We'll be all right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody said you can go longer. I said, go volunteer in the nursery then, and I'll go longer. Okay, okay. okay I'm sorry. Jesus and God's heart is for you. Say, he's for me. Come on, he's for me. You were the treasure he paid the price for. Jesus has already paid for you, for everyone. Man, there's too many people preaching God's mad at you. God's not mad at you. He knows every wrong thing about you, and you're still, he calls you treasure. Isn't that awesome? Miss Marty, have you got something? I asked Miss Marty. I don't know what she's going to share. She may talk about tic-tac-toe or whatever, but I asked her to come. I asked her, I said, you know, I, I believe the Lord told, told me to ask you if you've got something about being a treasure. That's all I gave her. And here's a microphone right here, and I just want her to share Put her on the spot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, this is a little different um, aspect on uh, the kingdom of God being a treasure. Mm -hmm. But as I was meditating on that this morning, and I was going to ask Brett last night, well, did you have, did the Lord tell you what he wanted me to say? And so anyway, um, as I was meditating on the kingdom of God being a treasure, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me this word that will hopefully encourage all of us. 
Uh, and it, it deals with the Father. And it, yes, we are the treasure in God's eyes, but another aspect is that the Father is the treasure that we lay down everything for in pursuit of. And so that's what this word kind of deals with, which dovetails mm-hmm. with what mm-hmm. you're saying. <clears throat> uh, it, it's, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I am your treasure and your very great reward. Nothing this world affords can begin to compare with all I freely present to you today and throughout each and every moment ahead. Set me as your supreme goal. Value relationship with me above all else. Guard the treasure of life in me. And I began to think about digging for buried treasure and the effort that that takes. And I felt like the Holy Spirit continued and said, fight hard to carve out time. Fight hard to quiet your heart. Fight hard to draw close. Fight hard to be still and admire my beauty, enjoying the discovery of the delightful facets of who I am. Fight hard to listen. Fight hard to follow through with all I am about in and through your life. And then I began to think about um, making your way through a corn maze that are so popular in the fall time of year and how challenging that can be. And I felt like the Lord continued and said, for these are unprecedented times and unprecedented times call for unprecedented tools and strategies. I alone have the answers you and your families need for I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, all you who have lost hope and direction, all you who have become broken, disheartened, discouraged in the journey. For truly, I am your rest, refreshment, and restoration. I am your ability to endure and overcome. I am your wisdom and direction. I am your peace and your place of deep satisfaction. I am your strength and stamina. I am your provision and all you need, all you desire, all you even dream about in order to navigate these days with joy, freedom, confidence, and eternal reward. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Just praise praise God. So do you see the exchange? We're a treasure. God's a treasure. Paul said that God put this treasure in an earthen vessel. This salvation, this this Holy Spirit that we have is a treasure in an earthen vessel. See, the exchange, we're a treasure, but God becomes our treasure. Come on, he's a treasure. Look at it, look. I'm going to pick on Gracie right over here. She's in college. But mom and dad treasure her. That's their baby girl. And she treasures them. And as great of parents as they are, how much greater is God who treasures us? We love our children. I treasure my children. But God treasures us. And then God puts his treasure in us, which is salvation, which is the Holy Spirit. The thing that God puts on the inside of you. And you need to, she said, press in towards the things of God that God has put on the inside of you. But the foundation of it is you've got to remember that you're a treasure. You got to remember, because quit beating yourself up. So many people, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm not any good, I'm not any good. And they're going back to what you were before, and you can't go back there. The children of Israel couldn't cross the Red Sea because God wasn't going to part it again. 
Well, we'd been better off in Egypt, griping and complaining. We'd been better off in Egypt. They didn't know who they were. Egypt was still on the inside of them, though they were miles and miles away. And they all want to go back. But God wasn't going to part the Red Sea for them to go back to Egypt. And he's not going to redo you and let you go back to the world. Come on, so let's press towards the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's just press it in. Let's start pushing forward. Mm, God's not mad at you. He's already bought the whole field. In Romans 5, 9, and 10, oh my, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. You know, I brought it up just a few minutes ago. People worried about the end times. Man, we need to smile because we see the end times coming because it's the greatest time for you. You're a child and no wrath's coming on you. If wrath's coming on you, that's the enemy. You need to take authority over it. i got to reemphasize that just for a second, child of God. If you have a body and you're in here, you have authority. You can bump somebody and say, scoot over a little bit. I need some room. What are you doing? You're taking authority on your space because you have a body. But now I have loved ones that aren't in this room, and they have no authority in this room. They have no authority on the earth anymore. But as long as you're standing on this earth, you've got authority over your life, and you can submit to God, or you can do your own thing. But in God, you can take authority and receive things and move heaven. God will move heaven and earth for you as long as you're as we had in the vine, if you're grafted in, if you're in him, if you know you're a treasure, guess what? You know God's got you. Hey, my grandson asked me for ice cream. Jack, he's getting it. I'm going to the store. I don't care. Reminds me of that story. There was a lady went to the 7-Eleven, went to the Circle K is what we got here, Circle K's. It's 3 a.m. She gets a pint of ice cream. She's got, you know, Fifi in her arm right here and a little poodle and the guy said, man, lady, it's 3 a.m. You must have had a hankering for some ice cream. She goes, no, it was my dog. He wanted some. So I, he's like, how did that dog tell you he wanted some ice cream? Think about that one. It'll just keep you up all night. But anyway, we love our dogs, huh? Your cats might love you, but they might not. But anyway, <laughs> getting off. We've been justified by the blood of Jesus. We've been saved. Come on, God loves you. He knows you. And quit worrying about the wrath of God. Quit worrying about what, what God's, you know, all this, 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 man, we get filled up with stuff. Look at verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I'm going back. This is a foundation that you need to go back and remind yourself every day. Glory to God, you're saved. And God saved you because you're a treasure. Amen. Come on, tell yourself, I'm a treasure. Let me hear it. I got saved because I'm a treasure. God sought me out. He bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me before I ever knew him, before I was ever born. He loved me. And there's an old song that people sang, you know, he was, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. All of eternity was on Jesus' mind, and you being a part of the eternity with him was on his mind. Come on, get it. He's for you. If you got a treasure, you cover it up. You, if your child is your treasure and you hold that baby, you protect it. 
You protect that baby because it's a treasure to you. Just got to remind you that you cannot put your child ahead of God. Okay? Because they're only there for 16, 17, 18 years. Well, sometimes they come back, but hey, they do come back, and that's all right. So, 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 let me, let me change gears just for a second. If the person sitting next to you is a treasure, quit mistreating them. If they're a treasure to God, the little couple's married old like, hey, hey, hey. But seriously, how about somebody on the street? How about somebody got on your last nerve in the line at Taco Bell or wherever you eat? Huh? Or the person in front of you in the car? They're God's treasure. They may not know him, but they're God's treasure. And how you treat them is whether or not they're going to get saved. Telling somebody they're going to hell is not going to get them saved. Come on, that was a friend of mine, and he, 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 he was out in the world, and he started hanging out with us. And, and when we talked Jesus all the time, and, you know, and, and he did. He got, we went to a concert, and he gave his heart to Jesus. And he said, you know, about, about a month later, we were talking. He goes, you know, I knew I was going to hell. And he said, people come up and tell me I'm going to hell. I said, yeah, hell yeah, give me a beer. I'm going that way. People in rebellion already know. The world knows. What they don't know is that they're a treasure. What they don't know is that they're God's treasure. What they don't know is that God loves them. And so we need to work on our love walk. We have to love. Have you cried for that person you want to witness to? Have you cried love tears? Come on, God's tears. Do you know God's heart's broken that they're not saved, but we want to go in and wade in and punch somebody out with the gospel. That's, Pharise- that's what the Pharisees did. I'm just, I'm just saying I want to encourage you to guard your heart because the enemy comes to, to ruffle you up and, and to get you out of being grafted, to get you out of being a, the treasure where you don't, now you think you messed up, well, I'm not a treasure anymore. God can restore you. God can help you. God can renew you. God can minister through you, even though you're not perfect. But I'm not saying that we shouldn't press into the mark of the high calling, that we have to press closer and closer and closer to God. That's where God wants us. Just like your, your daughter, your spouse, whatever, you want them, you're sitting next to them. You're holding their hand for a reason. God wants you to sit next to him. Jesus is following you. So, the man found a treasure in a field. What's the value of a treasure? What's the value of anything? It's what somebody's willing to pay the price for. You hear me? What is your value? It's what somebody was willing to pay the price for. Jesus gave his life for you. He paid the highest price that you, we read that, where you could be reconciled, where you could know the Father, where you could go to heaven, where you could walk in his grace and mercy, where you could receive. What is the value of something? It's what somebody's willing to pay the price for. My son put a high price on his rental house, thinking, you know what, I can always come down on it. 
But because of the favor of God and somebody that makes a lot of money came in, the first person who saw it rented it because they saw value in it. God saw value in you. In you. I'm hammering this because I meet so many people. I'm just no good pastor. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Because the grace of God will come on you and empower you and strengthen you. See, I, I, I grew up in a church where, boy, you need to live right. You need to do what's right. You're doing it. You're going to hell. You don't you I get this. And every Sunday, I'm rededicating, rededicating, rededicating. They never taught me about the power of God in the Holy Spirit, the treasure that God gives us to put in us because we're his treasure. And God wants to keep us. You, God hates sin because it hurts you. God hates car wrecks because it hurts you. God hates sickness because it hurts you. Anything that hurts you, God doesn't like. And he tries to get you to avoid hurt and keep you out of hurt. You know, I grew up thinking, well, God don't want you to do this, and God don't. He's a bunch of don'ts and a bunch of rules. It's a bunch of rules. It's not about rules. It's about pleasing God, and it's about being that treasure that he's called you to be. Stepping up, being who's God called you to be. Start living what he, and it's the best life ever. Being the treasure and walking in the treasure, it's the best life ever. You think you got it good, get closer to God. It gets better. It gets better and better and better. So, last scripture. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness, out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you are a chosen generation. You were chosen to live this hour, in this day, in this time, in these last things. Say, I was chosen to live right now. Man. God chose us. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's what God said. Well, I don't fit. Quit feeling it. Start saying it. Start acting like it. Be who God's called you to be. Step into that glory. Step into that grace. Step into those things. And be that, that, that royal priesthood. Huh? God's own possession. That's what it says in another translation, that you, you're a people for God's own possession. To proclaim his virtues who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yeah, we got to know what the word says. We got to know the virtues to be able to live them. Come on. You can't crank the truck without the keys. To live the glory life, you got to know the keys. You got to know the virtues. It just don't happen. There's too many Christians living in the muck and the mire because they don't know they're a treasure. They don't get fired up about being a treasure. Then they're going to find out what the, what, what the treasure is about them and what God wants to put in them and how to live this life and how to be an overcomer, be more than a conqueror. But it starts with knowing that you're a treasure. Bow your heads. Come on, there's an assurance in God today for you. You are a treasure. And your life begins when you give your heart to Jesus. Your life begins when you say yes to Jesus. He died on the cross just for you. 
and God is big enough. Somebody said it this morning. He's big enough that every one of us are his favorite. You don't have to be jealous of what somebody gets because you're God's favorite too. You don't have to be afraid. You're God's favorite. When you trust him, he's going to take care of you. When you lean into him, it's when we don't, it's when we get in trouble. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept him today? Now, the reason I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes is I want you to look at your heart. I want you to realize that you're a savior, that you're a treasure, and that God sent Jesus to be your Savior. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. Maybe you're in here and you haven't been living for God. You haven't realized, you know what, I'm a treasure and I haven't been acting like it. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Say, pray for me, Pastor. Yeah? I see a hand. Anybody else? I'll give you a few more moments. I see that hand. Let's all pray together. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus came to die for me. I receive that I'm his treasure and that he's my treasure. Thank you, Father, for salvation and life eternal in Jesus Christ. Amen.